Welcome to Prevention Network's podcast, Community Connections. Today is the third episode in a new series called Understanding Addiction. My name is Bethany Raleigh-White. I'm a prevention educator at Prevention Network, and this is Community Connections. I just have to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you to the wonderful community of people who have listened to, shared, and recommended this podcast to others. I have so much gratitude for each of you. And to the wonderful fellowship of men and women, I have the privilege of calling my village. I adore all of you, and I cannot thank you enough for your unwavering support. And now we're back. I had to take a brief sabbatical from the podcast just simply because we've been so busy in the community. But I'm really excited as today we're diving in and continuing our series on understanding addiction. Today is the third installment of the series, and we're doing an in-depth dive into how mental health and substance abuse are related. But before we get rolling, I want to recommend a documentary that touches on what we will be discussing today, and it is so worth the watch, especially if you work with youth in any capacity. It's called Hiding in Plain Sight. It's a Ken Burns documentary that came out in September of 2022, and it's really good. I speak locally at schools pretty frequently, and I am always recommending it to the teachers I'm presenting for. A lot of my info today comes from the National Institute on Drug Abuse, or NIH. In fact, much of today's podcast is directly taken from their study on mental health and substance abuse. Many individuals who develop substance use disorders are also diagnosed with mental disorders, and vice versa. Although there are fewer studies on comorbidity among youth, research suggests that adolescents with substance use disorders also have high rates of co-occurring mental illness. Over 60% of adolescents in community-based substance use disorder treatment programs also meet diagnostic criteria for another mental illness. Data shows high rates of comorbid substance use disorders and anxiety disorders which includes generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Substance use disorders also occur at a high prevalence with mental disorders, such as depression and bipolar disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, psychotic illness, borderline personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder. Patients with schizophrenia have higher rates of alcohol, tobacco, and drug use disorders than the general population. The high prevalence between substance use disorders and other mental illnesses does not necessarily mean that one caused the other, even if one appeared first. Establishing causality or directionality is difficult for several reasons. For example, behavioral or emotional problems may not be severe enough for a diagnosis, but subclinical mental health issues may prompt drug use. Also, People's recollections of when drug use or addiction started may be imperfect, making it difficult to determine when the substance use or mental health issues came first. Three main pathways can contribute to the comorbidity between substance use disorders and mental illness. Common risk factors can contribute to both mental illness and substance use and addiction. Mental illness may contribute to substance use and addiction. And substance use and addiction can contribute to the development of mental illness. Many areas of the brain are affected by both substance use disorders and other mental illnesses. For example, the circuits in the brain that mediate reward, decision-making, impulse control, and emotions may be affected by addictive substances and disrupted by substance use disorders, depression, schizophrenia, and other psychiatric disorders. 
In addition, multiple neurotransmitter systems have been implicated in both substance use disorders and other mental disorders. Stress is a known risk factor for a range of mental disorders and therefore provides one likely common neurobiological link between the disease processes of substance use disorders and mental disorders. Exposures to stressors is also a major risk factor for relapse to drug use after periods of recovery. Stress responses are mediated through the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, which in turn can influence brain circuits that control motivation. Higher levels of stress have been shown to reduce activity in the prefrontal cortex, which leads to decreased behavioral control and increased impulsivity. Early life stress and chronic stress can cause long-term alterations in the HPA access, which affects limbic brain circuits that are involved in motivation, learning, and adaptation, and are impaired in individuals with substance use disorders and other mental illnesses. The high rate of comorbidity between drug use disorders and other mental illnesses highlights the need for an integrated approach to intervention that identifies and evaluates each disorder concurrently and provides treatment as appropriate for each patient's particular constellation of disorders. Enhanced understanding of the common genetic, neural, and environmental substrates of these disorders can lead to improved treatments for individuals with comorbidities and may help diminish the social stigma that makes some patients reluctant to seek treatment that they need. Patients entering treatment for psychiatric illnesses should be screened for substance use disorders and vice versa. Accurate diagnosis is complicated, however, by the similarities between the drug-related symptoms, such as withdrawal and those of potentially comorbid mental disorders. Thus, when people who use drugs enter treatment, it may be necessary to observe them after a period of abstinence to distinguish between the effects of substance intoxication or withdrawal and the symptoms of a comorbid mental disorder. This practice results in more accurate diagnoses and allows for better targeted treatments. Integrated treatment for comorbid drug use disorder and mental illness has been found to be consistently superior compared with separate treatments for each diagnosis. Integrated treatment of co-occurring disorders often involves using cognitive behavioral therapy strategies to boost interpersonal and coping skills and use approaches that support motivation and functional recovery. Treatment of comorbidity often involves collaboration between clinical providers and organizations that provide supportive services to address issues such as homelessness, physical health, vocational skills, and legal problems. Communication is critical for supporting this integration of services. Strategies to facilitate effective communication may include co-location, shared treatment plans and records, and case review meetings. Support and incentives for collaboration may be needed, as well as education for staff on co-occurring substance use and mental health disorders. So what does this all mean? To me, it's clear that mental health and substance abuse and addiction go hand in hand. We need to be treating the whole person instead of one facet of them at a time. More funding needs to be placed in research and on the correlation between the two, and more funding needs to be placed in both mental health facilities and treatment facilities to encourage evaluation and treatment. I hope you learned something from today. I hope that this series is helping you understand addiction a little more. And as always, we want to hear from you. Please connect with us on our website, preventionnetworkcny.org, and on our socials. 
Thank you for listening to Community Connections.